And I'm going to grill Dan Blanc. You think you got a sweaty butt from being in the bayou today? You wait until I get done with you with these questions. You're not going to know what hits you. And you're live, man. You're going to be palm sweating. Let's see. Go ahead and raise your shirt. Let's see your armpits. How they look now. And we'll compare them to the end of the show. We're okay. good. Okay. They're not bad. We'll see how they look here in about an hour. We're good. We're good. Hold on a second. I need some inspiration. What you got, brother? <gasps> Cannon Johnson and Dan Blanc are just two guys who love the fencing industry and are here to help you grow your company and find solutions to your business challenges. So buckle up and hold on tight as they take you on this ride called My Fence Life. Dano, 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 Dano. What's happening, man? What's up, brother? So I am. I think Dan Wheeler has hacked my computer because everything is like not running correctly. Dan Wheeler, I know what you're up to, and I don't appreciate it. That's a real sorry rate way to try to get your ratings up. Is to sabotage our show, man. That's not cool at all, Dan Wheeler. Jeez, oh man, we had some technical well, hey, difficulties. Today is July the sixth, two thousand and twenty-two. It's a Wednesday. That means one thing. What's that? It's the only thing on TV tonight, Dan. Hey, guys, <laughs> we're doing a new episode tonight. This is MFLQA. This is a new thing we're calling My Fence Life Q&A. Uh, we're going to try to do this about once a month where we just take questions. And we've already got a list of questions. But if you want to hit us with some more, go ahead and hit us. Guys, my name is Cannon. I'm with Jackson Fence Company up here in Medina, Tennessee. And this is my good old buddy, old pal, Dan Blanc. Happening down there in the bayou, the swampy butt land of Louisiana. And this is my fence life. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Look, man. If you have a hard time getting here on Wednesday night, if you're like me and you're always late, I want to tell you something. <laughs> you can listen to this, like you don't have to even be here live. But I appreciate you being here. It makes the Kind of helps the show go along, but you don't even have to be here. You can listen. And in fact, Dan, we've pulled some freaking uh, ratings this week. Most of our listeners are coming from Apple Podcasts. I can't believe it. I thought YouTube or Facebook or whatever, but Apple Podcasts, guys, all you walking around with Apple phones in your pocket, thank you for supporting my fence life. And if you'll do us a favor, that's all we want you to do. Do us a favor. Like the show if that's an option. I guess it's an option. Share the show. I'm pretty damn sure that's an option. Oh, yeah. And leave a review. I know that's an option because, Dan, we got some positive reviews this week. Yeah, we have, man. And uh, if uh, you don't know how to do all that, just go to Facebook. Leave us a review. We um, got a couple on there. It's pretty awesome. But we had a pretty awesome review this week. And, Let's talk um, about it. It was good, man. So it was titled Hidden Treasure. Five stars. Ooh, sounds hot. I don't know how these guys only have 19 reviews, but definitely understand why they're all five stars. I'm not even in the fencing industry yet. I was looking into it and came across this podcast. Now I legitimately listen to it for fun. Great information mixed with good personalities. Doesn't even matter what business you're in. These guys give out great information and advice in a clear, understandable way without putting you to sleep. Love what these guys are doing. And that was J-R-E-M 1013. Thank you. 
That was off of Apple Podcast, man. Man, that's actually a really good review. I know. Um, I read it to Dylan, and Dylan's like, did you write that? And I'm like, no, man. I did not write this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, uh, if you're in the audience tonight, if you're on Facebook watching this live, do us a favor. Drop a comment. Tell us who you are. Tell us where you're from. Justin Nary's here with a full belly and a pissed off wife. <laughs> he says, let's roll. Brother, I get it, man. I've got an empty belly and a pissed off wife, so... You've actually got the upper hand on me for that one. Uh, you got Joseph Rivers in the house tonight. Joseph, welcome to the party. Dan, what are you drinking over there, brother? Oh, man. I'm drinking some um, Rabbit Hole, Cave Hill. Rabbit Hole. This is good stuff, man. You got to get you some of this. What's that? A Kentucky whiskey, it says. Uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, man. I went to a bourbon tasting, and the distiller was there, and it was a, it was a good time, man. Good time. So I am drinking this all natural Ooh. spring water. Is that Budweiser <laughs> spring water? Is that terrible or what? You know Budweiser makes spring water, so you could just get a Budweiser no, water can. You know. So So we got Sean King in the house tonight. Sean says I got a nice shirt. Yeah, man. I uh I brought the Mr. Fence Academy shirt today. It's fitting nice. quite well. Nice. I, I know yeah, um, yeah. I think, yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to send Sean a gas card. For what? Oh, <laughs> you want to talk about that, huh? Yeah, I saw that live, man. Sean King ran out of gas. And then uh, I think the funniest part of the whole thing was they were getting towed in with an equalizer. What's the chances of that, right? And Cannon's on the front of the boat, and he goes, I believe we're 12 equal sections <laughs> from the boat in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about that. We just talking about that with Mark Oson called us earlier, right? And yeah. He said, man, I, I just want to call you. This is my friendly reminder, put gas in the boat. Listen, that's not the only problem with the boat. All right. There was a there was a steering failure situation. Uh, there's some stuff going on. It's a nice, really nice boat. And uh, O'Shawn, I, I felt bad for him. He was, he was I said, I'm an embarrassing. Sounds like, there's, sounds like there's more wrong with the boat than just the boat. Sounds like maybe it was the captain. I said, yeah, we're going to put a plug in for the equalizer yeah. while we're out here on the water. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got John Waithy here talking about Showtime. What's up, John? I think John was late last week. Of course, Dan Wheeler is here trolling the episode. Oh, Making, that guy. Take some notes, Dan Wheeler. Take some notes. Uh, guys, if you don't if you don't know, and you probably don't know because it ain't worth knowing about, there's, a, there's another podcast called The Fence Industry Podcast. And... Uh, it's not a big yeah. deal like us, but <laughs> it's just you no know. big deal. <laughs> it's no big deal. Right. No big deal. Hey, I do want to say this, man. You see this? Um, I just met this guy, Jason Nakan. Uh-huh. He said, I almost only listen on Apple Podcasts. Great to listen yeah. during work. Uh, he was in my inbox, man. And Jason, some of these uh, Q&As are from Jason. So wow. it's going to okay. be good. Sweet. Hey, man, we got Susan Worley here from Southwest Automation Systems. Did I say that right? S-A-S. It's Southwest Automated Systems, yeah. Automated. Susan, what's up, chick? Thank you for coming on and being yeah. with us Susan, tonight. Susan and I got elected to our uh, <laughs> AFA board for the Gulf Coast chapter. Sean King says one motor had gas, other had steering. It's like, it is it is kind of a messed up deal. Like it's, I was like, yeah, it ain't, it ain't just that simple. You know what I mean? I don't but, believe any of it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got Andy Pearson with us tonight. Andy is one of ours. He's headed to St. Jude. 
guys. Andy's been with us for a couple of months, and he's got a uh, 14-year-old step uh, stepson, Jacob, diagnosed oh, with leukemia yeah. yesterday. Yeah, you told me about this, man. <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, so we're going to call this Jacob's Journey. It's going to be short. It's going to be sweet. and I'm going to get Jacob back home really fast here. So we could always have it worse. You know, my kids are at home, so. Sending good vibes your way, Andy. That sucks, man. Um, Justin Neri, hashtag, not how Grandpa did it. Tom <laughs> <laughs> King, hashtag. Well, Dad, uh, dude, I'm excited about this MFLQA live from the My Fence. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how excited I am. We're going to put Dan on the hot seat, guys. So here's, here's the agenda. <sighs> I've got the list of questions right here, and I'm going to grill Dan Blanc. You think you got a sweaty butt from being in the bayou today? You wait until I get done with you with these questions. You're not going to know what hits you. And you're live, man. You're going to be palm sweating. Let's see. Go ahead and raise your shirt. Let's see your armpits, how they look now, and we'll compare them to the end of the show. Okay. Okay. They're not bad. We'll see how they look here in about an hour. We're good. We're good. Hold on a second. I need some inspiration. What you got, brother? Yeah, there we go. Got the Matt Warner woo. Hey, guys, we are in the My Salesman Studio. Matt Warner, thank you for always supporting My Fence Life. We appreciate that. Love you, bro. Even though... When- oh. oh. <laughs> Damn, we got some breaking news. Sounds we have got like some it. breaking news. Guys, <laughs> if you did not receive a copy of this, you need to be looking out. We got some breaking news, guys. We just saw the very first episode of The Fence Magazine. Did I say an episode? It's not an episode. It's an edition. Edition. Inaugural edition. A 32-page. First issue. Of Fence Magazine. And and guess who was the featured fence company in this magazine? Um, Some little fence company out of Tennessee. (laughs) So did you did you get a copy of the magazine, Dan? I did get a copy of it, man, and I uh, flipped through it through my phone. I was reading the articles, good stuff in there. And um, Listen, thirty-two pages. It's it's all digital right now. Pretty soon, this version will be released um, in, in in paper format, just like some of the other magazines that that are distributed now. But Brian, I tell you what, man, he is doing a freaking phenomenal job. I don't know when he sleeps between the boating. Um, yeah. the, the fence industry only uh, Facebook page, the FWA pages, yeah. all the websites, the magazines, yeah. Yeah. the fence show. Uh, Dan, did you see the the layout of 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 the, of the floor plan for the fence show in Las Vegas next year? It is gonna be freaking huge. Man. I sure did, man. And um, I had uh somebody send me a a map of it. They're like, "Where are y'all gonna be at?" And I circled it, and they're like, "Us." Oh. Right at the very beginning. Southwest Automated <laughs> Security is going to be right there next to y'all. So it's going to work out well, man. going to work out real so, well. So uh, my favorite part of the magazine, though, I do want to say this. There was, a, there was a very brief, I wish it were longer. That's fine. But there was a very brief, um, like an explanation of two different type of welding tables. They showed the, the most common, the solid surface mm-hmm. weld table. Um, but then they showed the open framed weld, weld table and admitted like, Hey, we don't really know who started this, but it's awesome. It's great for larger gates. Uh, great mm-hmm. for getting more clamps. Right. Uh, 
I would imagine it even makes it easier to, to, to work around your, your, your welds <laughs> on that open table. So uh, I thought that was kind of cool just to show some, some different shop uh, deals. But anyways, hey, guys, if you did not get a copy of the Fence Magazine, visit uh, Susan Worley. Thank you for putting that on there. Visit uh, FenceMagazine.com and sign up for, I guess, the subscription is what you call it. Yeah, you can sign up for the uh, digital, and you can sign up for the uh, the actual publication of it. I think you have to be a member or something. There's some stipulation to get the uh, the actual paper copy. But tell them Dan and Cannon sent you. How about yeah, that? yeah, just tell them that. They'll take care of you. That'll that'll handle everything. All right. So hey, Dan, uh, MFLQA. This is my fence life Q and A. You ready for some questions? Yes, sir. I am. You don't look ready. Well, I wasn't ready. I muted myself so I could put ice in my whiskey, and I didn't want to make a bunch of noise and freak everybody out. And look out. here, guys. It, if if at any time you disagree with Dan, we want oh. you to let us know. You can let us know in the comments, or even better, you can call the number one eight seven seven three four fence and let us know. Dan, I don't think that's right. Okay? I'm also <laughs> going to chime in on some of these. But, uh, well, we'll tell you this. Man? No, I'm not nervous. I mean, look, man, I learn stuff all the time. All the time. So if I'm wrong or if I don't know, I'll say I think, and I'll welcome any type of correction. I love it. Because that just means I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I want to be the dumbest right, guy. Well, so question number stuff. one. You ready? <sighs> I guess. All right. Question number one. And this is coming. Uh, this is this is written from like a uh, up and coming fence contractor. Okay. Uh huh. He writes, "Do I need a license to run my business? And if so, what kind of license do I need to build fences residentially in the state of Louisiana?" Look, man. If it was me, I would just collect deposits and never go back and do the fence and hightail to Vegas and hit the hit the blackjack table. Justin Mary already <laughs> disagrees. I knew that was coming, so that's why I threw that out there. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. We need to get that guy on this show, man. All right. So, no, there is not a fence-specific, for those of you that can't see me, I'm doing air quotes, license for the state of Louisiana. Um, now, they do have licensing for gate operators and all that kind of stuff that has to do with fencing, but that's through, you know... Um, I forget the name of that school, but anyway, if you want to learn more, go to episode 38. Susan Worley, who's in the comments, was on there, and you'll learn all about those licensing. But there is not yeah, a... He just wanted to go put some fence up in the backyard. Yeah, so there is no fence-specific licensing, but there's a little catch to that. Oh. If you're wanting to do any work over $7,500... You have to have a handyman license. Now, what does that look like? Uh, uh, it's just, uh, really, it's just a way for the state to get some money out of you, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> the test is like, what's your name and uh, what's your address? But <laughs> they collect their fee, and um, you have to show proof of general liability insurance, workman's comp insurance. So it's kind of just trying to keep you honest, so that way if you're doing over $7,500, you know, the, the the homeowner knows that, hey, I'm protected here. This guy's got his stuff together. Sad part is, is nobody really has it. Nobody? Um, not many. 
You know, when you wow. end up getting it, when they end up getting in some kind of trouble with it or stuff, you know, but um, I really don't know. I think I know one guy that has it. So, so, so where do we land on this? Are you, are you advising to go get that license? Or? I'm advising to go get that license. That's right. That's right. That's what I'm advising you go do. So, uh, check out your lo- local, local jurisdiction. Uh, you might even, I, I tell everybody, Dan, like, attorneys are not expensive, first of all. They are if you're going to, like, try to beat a murder case, okay? But if you need an attorney to, like, write up a letter or to help you uh, organize a, a business, it's not, I mean, we're talking about, like, you know, maybe $150 for a couple of hours of work, you know? So, I would say this. Get on the phone with a local business attorney and say, hey, look, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Can you help me or can you point me in the right direction to somebody that can? And I think you'll be in good hands. So that's what I ended up doing, man. I ended up uh, hiring a tax attorney because when I did that, he was able to handle my little minuscule attorney stuff that I need. But he can really handle my major stuff. My workman's comp audits, my general liability audit, audits. So, um, and actually he's setting up an LLC right now for Cannon and I, and he just, he can do all that stuff and it's great. So, so I would yeah, kill two birds some with clarification. In the state of Tennessee, uh, I will tell you, like, I think Florida is a state where you got to have, a, there's, there's actually at least some of the counties in Florida have a fencing license. I've just, I've seen, People discuss it on the forums. That's the only way I know. I don't know much of anything. In Tennessee, um, you've got to have a, a city license if you're in the you know, city limits. You've got to have a county license. Um, and then the LLC, you got to register with the state. Mm-hmm. You know? so, I see uh, Brian, Brian Moppin. Say California. Yeah, man. So listen, I got school today. I was calling him Brian Moopin. Brian, you said the other day, I'm going to call you out, bro, but you said the other day, it's M O O P I N, like Moopin the floor. You said Moop. And so I've been calling you Brian yeah. Moopin, but same here. Benji from Clara Fox Media told me, hey, man, I talked to Brian today, and it's actually, he wanted me to tell you it's Brian Moppin, like Moppin the floor. So that makes more sense. Uh oh. <laughs> We're getting a call from Hawaii, bro. Damn. Let's answer this. All right. Hello. Hey, hey, who's this? Dan? Yeah, Dan, Josh Rand with Aloha Fence. How you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. I was like, Aloha. Hawaii. I hope this isn't a bill collector. <laughs> Crazy. What's up? We're not the bill collectors today. We're just chilling in Idaho. We're one state away from where we normally are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. How you guys were going already? So I thought I'd call in and say hello and Aloha. Okay. Well. Do you uh you got something to uh contribute to this? Do we need a license to build <laughs> to the a fence? Show, to the law, yeah, a license as in like a contractor license. I think absolutely because it's a lot of work to get to that level, right? You can't just chuck in a truck. It not fair, is it? Well, no, but you know, here in Louisiana, you don't have to have a license. Um, hey Brian or, or or Josh, what's up, dude? Hey, in the in in Utah, I'm like in Nebraska, in Nevada. It's not either. It's Utah. In the state of Utah, what 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 are the minimum requirements to go build a fence? That's that's what that's what the question is. Okay, so and I just chimed in, so thanks for updating me on that. So I, <laughs> like, if you know yeah, what you're yeah, doing, yeah, and yeah. fence, like Dan, you know what you're doing. 
it's kind of different in Utah. I think we're required to have a, uh, actual fence contractor license. I have a general contractor license. I could build a building, you know, four stories high or whatever. But, um, the, what they're trying to do is get guys that are, you know, chucking a truck and the ones that are just flying by the seat of their pants out of the way of the guys that know what they're doing. Um, if you're doing it and you're doing it right, and I guess for AC, ASTM standards, then I would say have at it. Um, you know, you got to kind of prove it though. You got a track record. Mm-hmm. I mean, are both of you just running just the business license, business license in Louisiana? And yeah, I yeah, I just run. Under, yeah. I run under a business license and. We have the uh, handyman license for projects over seventy five hundred. So, that's it, man. And yeah. pretty much, if you got workman's comp and general liability, you can get a handyman's license here in Louisiana. So the the uh, licensing is really not a big deal. Yeah, in, ten- in Tennessee, uh, you would have to have a GC license to um, do projects over twenty five thousand um, dollars. In our case, like. Any project like that is usually already organized by a GC, you know, and so we become a sub to to them, you know. Yeah. So, so the general would sub it out to you guys for the under twenty five thousand types of scenarios. So you fall under a category where you don't need a license to do it. That's what you're saying. Yeah, unless unless, unless I spearheaded on my own. Like if I, if I go out and spearhead, uh, you know. A twenty-six thousand dollars job on my own. Now, now I'm, I'm I'm in a slippery slope, you know. But as long as I'm working for a GC, yeah. the larger jobs are, you know, you're you're just a sub working for a prime, and there's no problem. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, I, and I guess that would be all right. I, I think in Utah, though, Utah and Idaho, Idaho kind of adapts Utah laws. So whatever you do in Utah, Idaho kind of just follows suit. So like, we're installing this dog park in Idaho right now, and if I have a license that's good in Utah, then Idaho kind of accepts it. Um, and I don't even like ask twice. We just do it. That's and I'm not worried about it. If I was to go to California, I <laughs> am very scared. Um, you know, like, so we did the air force base there, Travis air force base. And we did not have to have, you don't even have to have a contractor's license. You just have to, I mean, you can't, you couldn't pull it off without, knowing what you're doing, but they're like, well, we don't even require a contractor's license to do the government work. And you're like, what, how does that even work? So a little bit different when you're dealing with military, but, but, um, we are required, I guess, Utah to have a contractor's license or certainly a fence license. My, my contractor and under contractor fencing fits under that, you know, and I just specialize in fence, but I could Mm -hmm. technically build a building. So, um, up to four stories, yeah. you said. <laughs> up to four stories, R one hundred, maybe B one hundred. You said a four story building earlier, so I was I was sticking with it. <laughs> no, I, I spent uh, so five stories. Different deal. Anyway, yeah. Thanks for calling, dude. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. And I heard. I hey, let me before you go. Aloha. That means Aloha. Hel- that Mahalo. means hello and goodbye. Is that right? It does. You're right. Aloha. That means uh, and and goodbye. And there's it, there's a bunch of meetings to it, but yeah, right on. Aloha. Right, Good talking to Aloha. you, Josh. Keep it up, brother. Thanks for calling. Right. 
So, uh, yeah, man. Thanks, Josh. So, um, yeah, licensing, man. It's going to be different across the country. And you kind of know uh, there's some people out here that get away with murder. And you you should kind of have an idea of what's required of you. And and also, like, you know, in, in Tennessee, for example, like you have to register with the county. If 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 you, I think it's fifty thousand dollars. If you exceed fifty thousand dollars revenue, so you know we're in one county, and you know we obviously service multiple counties. That's that's just how that works. So, um, hey Dan, we got Benji McKinney here saying, "What's up, Fence Pros?" Benji from Clever Fox Online, and Dan, I had a I had a call with Benji today. Clever Fox is doing all of our um, internet work. And Dan, they are up to twenty-five plus fencing contractors, which absolutely blew my mind. So, look, if you're out here and you're looking for somebody to manage your website, help you with your SEO, help you do anything digital or anything that you don't want to do really on the computer, that's how I use them. They know fence over at Clever Fox Online. Dan, are you even there? You're not saying anything. I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm just listening. I had to mute myself real quick. Somebody was making noise in the background. I had to mute myself and scream at him to shut up. Good job. Handled. Good job. Good job. So what's next on this list, man? All right, question number two. What kind of insurance do I need for my company with just myself? I guess he's the owner-operator mm-hmm. and one helper. And if so, where do you recommend I go to get this insurance? A big online insurance company or a local insurance company well this is obviously just my well you you need general liability and workman's comp insurance right we want to do things right and uh that's doing it right but workman's comp gets a little crazy so i remember when i had workman's comp and was paying for it but i didn't have workman's comp it's the stupidest thing ever it was a ghost policy, as they called it, because I was the owner, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? You can go ahead and opt out of the coverage. It's an exemption. Yeah, yeah I was exempt, but I still had to have it to work. But it didn't cover anything because I was the owner. It was right. the stupidest thing ever, man. Well, but, well, as as a, as an owner, uh, like like we have an exemption, me and Kristen here, but. You know, of course, if if I hurt myself, I'm just gonna figure that out. I'm not gonna like sue the company. Right. You know what I mean? So, um, and I, you could carry a work comp policy on yourself, but uh, I, I would imagine in most states, Tennessee is one of them. Obviously, Louisiana is one of them. Um, you can you like I think Tennessee is like two hundred dollars for two years, and I have an exemption every two years. We just have to renew it, which they send us something in the mail. Hey, is this still the case? Yada, yada, yada. Yep, it's still the case. And so what that does is when we pay ourselves payroll, we don't have to pay that 4 to 6% um, right. work comp premium on ourselves. That's all it is. So, um, Dan, when we started, I'm going to tell you how, how how we did it. So my he asked about a uh, where do you buy your insurance. I'm well, going to tell you where you buy your, your damn insurance. You have a mother <laughs> who sells it. For a living, okay. So in my case, my mom, Kathy, Mama Johnson, been in the insurance game for like thirty years, okay. So I, I am very undereducated on insurance because I don't feel the need to be educated because mom, 
you got me, right? You know? So uh, we got our work comp and general liability through my mom. It's, it's a small firm. Um, and, and, and for me, I can tell you, like our work comp is through a company. Um, my mom's a broker, but it's, it's a company called uh, the Accident Fund. And then our general liability is through a company called like Sun Sunbelt or something. I don't know. Sun Sun something. SunTrust. SunTrust maybe. Um, but then, so so in addition to those, uh, when we first started fencing, we, we we began fencing for Lowe's Home Improvement Warehouses, and they of course they had their own uh, insurance requirements, and so we structured our business to meet their requirements in the very beginning, and we've kind of just kept them there this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of their requirements as well were we had to have uh, uh, commercial vehicle insurance. And I guess everybody does, you know. Right. Um, so, and we 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 purchased that just for the record from Progressive, um, which has I guess a pretty sizable commercial uh, department insurance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, we've had pretty good luck with it. So, our trailers, our trucks, Inland um, Marina. That's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, this is what I would do, man. Um, this is just my opinion. All right. I I like to work this backwards. I like to find out who's going to be my tax preparer or tax attorney in my case. And then I'm like, Hey, what CPA do you have a relationship with that specializes in construction? You know, cause there's CPAs out there and, and, you know, it's just like a guy who normally, you know, you get carpenters say, oh, I can build a fence, and they build a horrible fence. It looks good, but it's not built right. Um, I think it's the same way, in my opinion, with CPAs. No, you don't go to the heart doctor when you got a sinus infection, right? So I'm going to look for me a CPA that all he deals with is construction because he's going to know the ins and outs of everything that I need to know. So my tax attorney is like, I got a guy, he deals in construction. Well, what happens is, is now those two guys know each other, they have a relationship. So between both of those guys, they're going to know an insurance agent to work with. And then you're going to have all three of those guys working together. So before I go out and get my insurance guy, I'm going to try to find these other guys to all be in sync together. And that's what I've done. And we've uh, we've also included our banker now. So um, so while Dan goes about it all crazy, like, well, I, just, it's, I think it's I, important. I get adopted by the insurance lady. And yeah, right. so, I mean, I think it's important to, uh, um, I think it's important to have all those guys in communication with each other. You know? So, Dan, what is what is a tax attorney? He, he's saying a CPA. I, I've always wondered this. I hear you reference it a lot. So, my tax attorney is basically he is a um, uh, he handles tax cases. He goes to court for people who are in, have tax issues, and he also is a tax preparer, obviously. So, it's good to have that guy on your team because he can also do um, attorney work for you if you need it write a letter to a customer because they're not paying, uh, whatever the case might be. So 
instead of me going, hey, I have an attorney, but now I got an audit, so I don't know what I'm doing, so I need to find somebody to do that for me, or I got to try to figure it out myself. I said, you know what, I'm going to hire a tax attorney, and he's going to be my guy, and if I need some minuscule attorney stuff, he can handle it. But whenever I get a workman's comp audit, general liability audit, I just forward the email, you know. So uh, I see Ryan doesn't agree with me, but sorry, Ryan. Uh, I'm running my business like this for years, Pop. So, but uh, so anyway, um, <clears throat> the uh, being that the tax attorney has a good relationship with my CPA and with my insurance guy, we all sit down twice a year, and I have goals and things I want to do. And my tax attorney's like, "Well, if we do this or that, then we can go ahead and." do this and this, and then my CPA is like, well, no, if you do that, then I can't do this, so we got to do that differently, and I get those guys in tune. Makes life so easy. And then, if they're on the same page with my uh, insurance agent, then there's no question of, oh, yeah, I need coverage because my payroll is this. I don't have to deal with any of that. My insurance agent calls my CPA. Hey, what's his payroll? What is this? Okay, this is the coverage he needs. So I'll handle. And then when everything's done, when I have an audit, people freak out when an audit happens. I don't freak out. I just forward the email to him, and it's handled. So if you're going to find an insurance agent, it's not just go out, Google insurance need near me. You really need to consider who you're going with and if they're going to be able to have a relationship with other people on your team to make sure that you're successful. And having all those guys together are going to make you successful. And now this year we're bringing our banker into that meeting. So now when there's things that I want to do, and my tax attorney goes, well, if you want to do that, we're going to do this and this. And the CPA says, okay, we can do that. Now I'm going to have the banker get go, well, if you do that, that's not going to really look good for me so I can give him more credit. So now i got all these guys figuring this stuff out for me, and I'm not trying to go to the bank, and uh, and um, he's like, well, if you would have done this or that, I could give you money, but you filed your taxes wrong. You didn't show enough money. So, so I, I like the idea of your banker and your CPA having you know some kind of relationship, and not to me. Uh, I keep everybody separated, you know. I, they don't just talk to each other, you know what I mean. Um, but you know, each their own. So, yeah. so I do like for the banker and the CPA to, to 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 be able to discuss. But there's really not a whole lot to discuss, in my opinion. Um, I had to send some some papers over the other day, and I just, uh, I just. Email William over at the accounting firm. I'm like, hey man, send me my 2018 tax returns if you don't mind. Do-do-do. You know, and then I always add that shit to a Google Drive so I have it in the future. You know, if I need it again. But Ken Throckmorton suggests that we should talk about an insurance audit, and I think we should also talk about an insurance audit. So, um, to answer this question, what kind of insurance do I need? Yada yada yada. Um, here's the other thing: when you go and buy your work comp. Uh, your work comp insurance. Most of the time, I would say, you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to ask you, hey, what do you expect to pay out in payroll? 
And you're going to tell them, well, I pay this guy this much money. He's going to work this many hours. And you do some little math. And then you're like, oh, we're going to pay out $40,000 in payroll. Okay, cool. So what they'll do is they'll put you in a flat rate uh, payment mm-hmm. each month. And then, you know, uh, you start out, you might be anywhere from 6 to 8%, you know. Um, but when you start out, uh, they'll start drawing that money out of your account every month. Now, at the end of the year, every year, not just sometimes, they're going to audit what really happened. And so that's when you produce your your, your payroll summaries or your payroll stubs, however mm-hmm. you have it. And you say, well, this is what we actually paid. And then they do some math on their end. And they say, okay, well, you were right or you were wrong. And you either owe them more money or they owe you some money. That's how that works. So <laughs> the thing about it is they don't give you a refund. They will. They will. Is it, or is it general liability doesn't give you a refund? I ain't never been through a GL audit, but but your work comp will absolutely uh, cut that check to you. Uh, I think it's the GL then, <clears throat> or the, or they will apply that money towards your 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 you know upcoming premiums. But you know, just just know that you know if you grow and and you should grow that that number will need to be adjusted. You know, or at the end of the year you're gonna pay a little bit of money, you know, but you can look at it two ways. You can look at it like, well, do I want to hold on to that money for the year and pay it at the end and use it? Or do I, do I want to, you know, pay it and, and try to get a refund at the end or try to be uh, an option Proactive. two, by the way. I mean, option two is you can do uh, monthly reporting where you actually report how much you paid in payroll and you pay the exact premium and there is no refund or, or payment, you know, at the end right. of that. So, um, and 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 then your local state, uh, you know, work comp is 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 a is a freaking law, you know, and 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 your local your 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 state has has people working in in what they call it like a workers compensation bureau, um, and and yes, they can pull up on a job site yeah. and inspect your 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 truck and your insurance, and just for the record, you are at least in the state of Tennessee. That's really all I can talk about is you are supposed to have that documentation in every vehicle. Um, in every place you do business, it should be available. So, uh, we, we actually have like a little envelope. We just stick in the glove box and we put VIP, very important papers. It's got our certificate of insurance is in it. It's got our truck insurance, uh, registration. Um, yeah, we got our trailer registrations in there. Yep. Everything. And then every truck's got a copy of every trailer. So no matter which trailer they're pulling, they got it covered. Yeah. We got the same thing, Cannon. Oh. Brian says work comp audits are a lot easier if you use a payroll service like ADP. Or something okay, and that's and that's why my CPA talks to my insurance agent because my insurance agent gets those numbers from him. I don't have to worry about any of that. I'm just like, all right, whatever, guys. You got it? Yeah, okay. It's my job to run a fence business, build fence, not do audits right. and figure that's out right. how much insurance I'm supposed to have. And No, y'all handle that. Let me go sell a fence. Levi has a good question. We'll come back to that question. Maybe later, maybe next week. Yeah. Hey, question number three, Dano. Oh, here we go. Does my business need an operating agreement? Um, well, some people don't know what an operating agreement is. So what is it? Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you all. I didn't want to mess this up, so 
I typed it up. <laughs> so it's a I'm doing it's a key, right now. I can tell you. Yeah, it's a, it's a key document used by LLCs because it outlines the business financial and functional decisions, including rules, regulations, and provisions. The purpose of the document is to govern the internal operations of the business in a way that suits the specific needs of the business owners. And that's straight from Google. So, you know, the guy that was asking me this question is really just starting his business out. So, I don't know, man. This this is kind of a hard one. I'm personally, I think he should have a business plan rather than an operating agreement. I mean, it's important, but... And this is just my opinion. I may be wrong on this, but I feel like he's small and he's going to be morphing and it's going to be changing so fast that that operating agreement is going to just have to keep being changed, you know? Well, it's going to be basic, but you, right. In Tennessee, at least when you register as an LSE, like that's, that's, that's a requirement. You have to have it, you know? Um, yeah. Like, Ken well, that's a good it. point, Ken, because this guy is going to have a partnership. So, there you go. There if you have to, partners, you need an agreement. Be, uh, he has he has to have it. Um, it it's, it's it's that's a legal document that that'll be filed, you know, with the courthouse. Um, you know, all that stuff. See, so. but I'm not a partner guy. I don't like partners, and I, you know, it's just my experience. I've, I always say partners don't work because one of them Ryan doesn't work. It's only needed when there's a partner. You know, and Joe Ever says they're they're a must. They can be amended easily. You know, the one that we use, Joe, is 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 uh, probably kind of generic, honestly. Um, it's real black and white, real simple. Uh, and it also it might, this might be another form. This stuff is boring as hell. But there's another form too that's like. Um, <laughs> you see what Ken said? How do you handle a disagreement, or maybe like who has who has voting power? You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it depends when your business gets to that. You know, Joe's at a point where he needs an operating agreement, without a doubt. Um, we're in the process of revamping ours, and we're in the process of redoing our um, um, our business plan. You know, uh, see, Ken said Dylan Blanc would disagree. You know, because, yeah, Dylan's, <laughs> you know, so I will tell you this. We went ahead and made Dylan 10% owner, which was kind of part of our deal. But being now that he's 10% owner, I don't have to pay workman's comp on him. I can exclude him. Here we go. Here, Here's a legal. I got mine right here. It's a articles of organization. Yeah, your articles. Okay, yeah, yeah. So It's all kind of boring stuff, man. Like, I don't even know. Yeah. I do keep it. I do. We do have it. Uh so Jason Nockhan, um, I want to answer his question here. How would you create a business plan over your operating agreement? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, Ken, uh, Ken and I were talking about this today, and my phone was acting up, and I think he missed part of it. Uh, um, Tulane Business. Tulane is a uh, school here in, in Louisiana, New Orleans. Uh, College Tulane has a business department that will do your business plan for free. You just have to uh, Tulane Business School. They will um, 
They will do your business plan for free. You supply them with all the information. Obviously, there's back and forth going on, but they will do it for you for free. But you got to have some information for them. They're going to give you a list of stuff, and they will get it all set up for you to present to an SBA loan, to the bank, whatever the case might be. And that's what I was going to say. I, I, you have to remember, a business plan is great. It's most commonly needed for the SBA mm-hmm. or the bank. Yeah. Period. I would tell you, um, before you spend all this time on a business plan, look, we all know these people who, who spend their entire life making a plan. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't ever do shit, you know? Like, the, the, to me, the better answer is just go out there and do it. You know what I mean? Get busy. It ain't going to be perfect. Um, you're going to want to change it. Like, don't get so caught up in the plan that you don't do anything, you know? So, but whoever this is asking these questions has his head screwed on right. He's wanting to go into this, and he's thinking not just about, like, hey, man, uh, where's the best place to buy a pipe or What's the best way to, 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 to do my con? He's thinking way beyond all of this. He's thinking like, how do I do this and, and, and do it legally and not getting not getting into any kind of situation? And that's that's admirable. So Well, he uh, was he was in my inbox and he's like, Look, man, after watching you and uh Canon, after listening to Dan Wheeler, um, he even mentioned Matt from JC Fence, hearing him on uh Dan Wheeler's show. Um, I think he might have mentioned Joe. I don't, I don't remember. We were going back and forth. Um, he's like, look, I know one thing. Come the end of July, I'm quitting my job and I'm starting a fence. And I want to make sure I do it right. I don't want to be the guys that everybody's making fun of on Facebook. I'm like, well, you know what? You're probably going to get made fun of because you're brand new. You're going to make mistakes. You only get made fun of if you share. Right. <laughs> So um, he hit me up with all these questions, and I was going to do a phone call with him and ask me about my day. And I was like, Cannon, uh, this is a lot of stuff, man. We should do a show on it. Cannon's like, hell yeah, let's do it. MFLQA. <laughs> Look at Justin Nary, man. Justin, we can't answer this question, dude. He's hey, like, Jesus, <laughs> I I'd like to know how a company goes about slowly selling the company to someone else. Slow as in a 10-year buyout, working his way from 0% owner up to 10% in three to five years. Anyone with experience don't want to wait until I'm ready to retire before I start looking for someone willing to take over. Hmm. You know what, Justin? How about we uh, circle back to that on another show? Because Susan brought up a good thing about become, or, or becoming an ESOP, and ESOPs are pretty awesome. But I, I need to go back up. Ken Throckmorton said operate agreement is needed then for Fence King because now Dylan is 10%. Well, we literally just filed that paperwork. Um, once that's done, we're getting our operating agreement done. Um, I'm in the process of doing my corporate resolution. So that way, if anything happens to me, Dylan can just slide right on in and rock and roll with it. So there's no hiccups and everything moves. So we're, we're getting all that stuff together, Ken, but you're right. Um, now that, Dylan's become a partner in this. Have you taken it to the courthouse? Usually the courthouse will require that. Uh, uh, you know, my attorney's hand on all that. We had a meeting last week, and he's got like five items. I think, you know, three for Fence King, two for my fence life. So I got him working on those. And then, well, 
jump on the rest of the list. I don't even know what it is, man. We got a long list of things we're trying to knock out. So the ESOP is is an employee it's an stock option program, I think. It's employee owned business. It's and, an employee owned business. You know, that's what I really like about uh Southwest Automated Security. They are an ESOP. I was involved in one of those. Um and Sean King is, is wanting to take Mr. Fence to that position as well. Dude, that is a <laughs> nothing says I care about my people like an ESOP in my opinion, um, it almost, every time somebody answers the phone, they're answering the phone for their retirement and how they respond. And if they sell that customer, it depends on their retirement. Uh, uh, it, it's amazing. Oh, look at Sean. It's the only business out it's there. It's also a very tax advantageous decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great business. I think it becomes a nonprofit. Is that right, Sean? Is that or Tell us more. Yes, Sean's right. It costs a lot of money to pull it off. But if your company does, if your company does that for you, you don't want to leave that company, man. That is a uh, that's a great thing. And another thing about it is, your books have to be perfect. You know, your books have to be solid. Susan knows about it because she's in one. I'm sure she's pretty involved and knowledgeable. So, uh, but anyway, to the guy that asked these questions, ESOP is probably, I don't think that's something in your, that you need to worry about right now. You know, I don't know how small you got to be or what the uh, requirements are. Well, Dan, we made it through, uh, <clears throat> we made it through the round of three questions. Was it three? Did we do three? That was three, dude. Huh? In and, that was in and out. All right. I'm going to highlight all these and turn them yellow. Sure. They're done. Put your arms up in there. Let's see them armpits. Oh, I'm good. No sweat. It's a little stain. I don't know, man. And one cat had me, uh, Ryan was like all up in my grill, bro. <laughs> Damn, Ryan. Hey, look, guys, the, the things that we do are the things that we do. We don't, we don't know everything yeah. either, you know, and, 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 you know, like. <clears throat> That's why at the end of this podcast, it says this is the uh, opinions of Dan Cannon and his guest. And that's about it. Yeah. So that's that's that. Um, Shane Kenton says for us. So so look, there, there's a conversation going on here, Dan, about um, contracts with customers. Uh, a couple of comments up. Um, where at? Ace Miller says, "I want to know about your customer agreement that the company and the customer both sign off on before the job starts. And did you have a lawyer to draw that agreement up?" My answer is no. Yes. I copied Nance. <laughs> yes, yes. My very, very, very expensive agreement. Yes, yes. So, um, and I made him swear he would not share that with anybody. Yeah, but look, just, just, just like do your homework. I mean, you can you can have somebody write it up, but I would say you you'll, uh, in my opinion, you get better results if you write your own, and at least as a preliminary, like, hey, these are the things I want to cover. And then say, hey, can you make this better? You know? Well, that's, but, but, that's what I did. I mean, go go buy, uh, go buy a house and, 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 and take the paperwork that you get. And look over it. What, what, what is it all saying? Go buy a truck. You look over the paperwork. What is it all saying? You, you, you go buy uh, windows from, from, from 
somebody and they give you a contract. I'm like, look at their contract. What is it saying? And, and just, you know, you, you can kind of build your own based on what other people are doing. And also, uh, you know, put in their, you know, language about things that you've experienced that you think, you know, that's just not fair. That's not fair to me. It's not fair to the customer. Like, right. cover that stuff. Put it in contract. Well, you know, I had a con a contract. I don't call it a contract anymore. I call it an agreement um, that I had drawn up just over years of seeing other fence guys' contracts, uh, pressure washing guys' contracts, lawn care guys' contracts. And I'm like, oh, that's that, that's a good idea. And I think my contract started like 14 items. Now we're 28, 29, because it's 23 years of dealing with some type of BS that I started implementing into my agreement um, back in 16, 17, back in 17, 2017, I had a uh, construction litigation attorney look at it. I did some work for him, and he went through, cleaned it all up, and then uh, this past year, the end of 2021, I had a couple attorneys look at it, go through, and tweak everything, make sure it was worded right, and uh, all that good stuff. So build one, work with it, figure out what you need in it. And then you'll add you you add to it. <laughs> oh yeah, man! Um, don't, don't, don't don't put that suck in uh, carving in stone because you're gonna be making some uh, changes. The more important thing I would say is is to just do it, use it, get get DocuSign, get HelloSign, get some kind yeah. of platform. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't feel like you got to go to each person's house. You know, you can, you can print it off and, and have them sign it on on the spot. You can invite them to your place of business. You know, whatever. But but figure it out, do it, and and I would say never leave that box unchecked. I like what Shane said here about his attorney. Our attorney reviews and adds to what we already put in place with expectations, exactly, to ensure uh, legality to hold up in court. Perfect. Yeah. We review building laws and registrations uh, as they change. Look, man, if I get a job, we we'll go file a job at the courthouse if it's over. I forget how much it is. It costs a couple hundred bucks just to make sure if we don't get paid, we're legally have that job filed and we can go after those people properly and our agreement holds up. Robert Looker, um, he asked a question about going, he, he's a subcontractor now. Uh-huh. And, and based on what his comment said, he, he's subbing for a, uh, for a fence contracting company. Uh-huh. Um, he's wanting to know how he can take his subcontract deal into a um, full-time ownership. Robert, this is my answer: is you just gotta if that's what you want to do, you gotta do it. You know, now, but I do want to say, well, wait a second. If I get those jobs on my own, I'd be making hand over fist what I do subbing. I would challenge that thought to a degree. Okay, um, <laughs> for a long time, that will not be accurate. You know, if you're a subcontractor now, and you're, you're you you've got a you've got a good um, rate of pay in exchange for your work, you should be doing really well. If you go into business on your own, in my opinion, you're gonna you're gonna lose money for at least three years. Like you're you're based off of what you're making now, you got to pay for all the estimating, all the gas, uh, all the all the you know, as a subcontractor, you'll you will see the people who have bought a fence. All right, you so, don't see the three people that said no. 
or the four people that said no. You don't have to deal right. with those people. Or the, or the BS you had to deal with with those people for the job you didn't get. But look, Robert, I'm going to tell you what I would do if I were you. If you're subbing, you should already be a company. You should have your own, yes. your own insurances and stuff, right? So um, uh, anyway, um, you should already be a company. So at this point, if it was me, I would take whoever you're subbing for and use their money to finance you becoming a company without them knowing. That's what I would do. And that's how the Fence King was born. I was what he's saying is what he's what he's saying, uh don't leave. Don't 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 stop doing what you're doing. Keep keep doing what you're doing, but just start selling jobs on the side. You may have an agreement not to do that. And if you do, I always opt for respect the agreement. People say, why did you do that? What does they ask me not to do it? I'm not going to do it. Somebody says, hey, if we have a deal, we have a deal. That's the way I operate. So if somebody says, hey, you can sell for me. This is what I expect. And this is what I require. I don't know the legality of that even. That's probably not even legal, you know. Um, but respect whatever agreement you have put in place with that person. That's and if you got to change that agreement to make it work a little more in your favor, then do it. But – um, but don't hide from it. You're already a company. It just so happens somebody else is giving you fence work. Go out there and get your own, bro. Now, I don't know what your agreement is, but that's what I would do. Let the company you're working for pay your bills while you build your business. And then break off and be like, yeah, I'm on my own. Thank you. Well, Alan, Alan Edwards says the growing pains are real. And Alan, yeah, for real, man. Um, yeah, they are. There's something. They don't stop for a long time. Um, Justin Nary said, Cannon Johnson, you go into the forum. Is that the yes. Fall Fence Forum? I hope so. I'm there. What about East Coast Rivalry? Is that That's all ag stuff, huh? Yeah, both of them are. They're just, I mean, they're similar platforms, uh, just different. Two different two different people had them up in two different parts of the country. And uh, Luke Gibson is a, is a very good friend of mine. And yeah, I'll be there. Now, uh, Derek Cox puts on the East Coast fence. I think he's awesome too. It's just I can't really go to both. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so Justin, if you were at the Fall Fence Forum, you remember Cannon showed up in flip flops, came from the beach, bro, and a backpack. Yep. So I would just like to say, if I go, I will have on flip flops and a backpack. But you know what, Dan. <laughs> I was out there walking through those cow pastures with chickers in them, and I was helping them build fence, bro. And flip flops, flip flops. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I was not going to miss that opportunity, bro. Not oh boy, dude. I'm amazed by that stuff. You see those knots they do? Oh yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. <sighs> Let's see. That sucks. Must be making them a good money. All right, I'm reading these comments we got, guys. Uh, Justin says he remembers wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach Lane says that's not OSHA. Well, Zach, uh, look at that profile pic. Ugh. Talking about OSHA. Where's Terry today? Terry didn't show up. Where, oh, wait, did you say? Did you say Terry? Terry? He must be at the Fourth of July party still. I guess so, man. Huh. Well. Bag up, bag up, bag up, Terry. What did refer, Terry? Oh, Lord, Lord, Jesus. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Lord, Jesus. 
All right. Well, Dan, uh, we have covered our three uh, questions. Guys, if you like the QF, uh, if you like the MFL QA, let us know. Uh, we we want to do this more. And some of you guys have asked questions, and we're just going to throw those into the bucket. And here in the next few episodes, we will get to those questions. We can't wait. Um, but yeah, man, I'm ready to call it, man. I've got, I've got this much water. I got to, I got to finish. Dude, I just poured a brand new whiskey, bro. It's like two or three fingers. It's all right. I got Benji with Clever Fox in the next room. He flew in, the, not flew in, but he drove into town. Which, by the way, Cannon was doing a Zoom with Benji, so I took one of my Fence King signs. And I snuck in the room, and I stuck the sign behind Benji, and Cannon was, uh, this is my time, Dan. <laughs> Clever Fox Online. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, log, log on to your favorite podcast in the morning. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, what else is it? Uh, iHeartRadio. Oh, We're on Find like one. You will enjoy it if you're out running around or working or exercising or whatever. Put it in your ear. Listen. How does someone get their own sound on the show, Brian? We'll talk about that tomorrow, Brian. I got to give you a call. dollars Brian. We can do anything, bro. <laughs> well, look, man, it was a good show. Thank you. Um, I'm going to write down some of these questions y'all put, and we're going to put them in a, uh, in a thing so we can ask later. So, all right, man. Peace. Y'all keep on fencing. Thank you for listening to the My Fence Life podcast. And a special shout out to our sponsors, My Salesman, Job Nimbus, and Benji with CleverFox.online for making this podcast possible. We invite you to leave us a review. Your five-star ratings and reviews help spread the word to others in our industry. You can connect with Dan and Cannon on Instagram and Facebook at My Fence Life. The concepts and methods discussed are just the perspective of Dan, Cannon, and their guests. We hope these ideas inspire you to go out there and crush it in your own business. I'm Mr. Producer, reminding you to click follow on your podcast app to receive notifications of future episodes of My Fence Life.